ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 27 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn about offers, promotions, and more at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, our Super Collector Series continues when I have a conversation with Eric Mace, and he is a super collector of Von Hayes cards. And that hits me right in the fields because Von Hayes was one of those guys that I was always seeing in my packs when I was collecting as a kid. Well, Eric has a Von Hayes super collection. We're going to learn why that is, how it got started, what he's been accumulating throughout all that time. So it's a great conversation with Eric. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about one of my collecting activities, one of my hobby activities from this last week that's got me excited. Well, I'm recording this on Sunday. On Friday, I had a chance to pick up another large collection. It filled the whole back of my truck as well as the passenger seat, and it was going to be a lot to go through. It's a mix of older junk wax era, a little bit of vintage football mixed in there, and then some modern as well. But there's going to be a lot of junk wax era stuff that ends up in a Facebook lot, but I think there's going to be some good stuff. I ended up picking it up for about $500, and I'm documenting, I decided to document the process of this collection and going through this collection on TikTok. I, I thought maybe that might be a way to generate a little bit of engagement on TikTok. And so that's the the main platform I'm going to use to kind of share out what's been going on. And that's been off to a good start. I've made two posts so far that have gained me about 400 followers and has had about 13 to 15,000 views so far within the just the first couple days. So if you go check me out at Waxpack Hero on TikTok, you'll be able to see the posts that I've made up to this point and, and kind of see as I go along the way, as I sort some of these boxes, what I found inside, what buried treasure was uncovered in these boxes. So if that's something that interests you, go check it out on on the Wax Pack Hero page that I've got on TikTok. I'll probably also post a little bit on Twitter, but the main series will be published on, on TikTok. I'm also excited this coming week because I should be hearing back from Underdog Collectibles on what my, the results of my first submission to them were on the five cards that I submitted to them. We should be getting those back this week. I'm looking forward to that, uh, getting those back from Underdog Collectibles. They're the online shop that's run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. You can check them out at udogcollect.com to see what they're going to be breaking this week, or you can check them out in their brick-and-mortar store in Knoxville, Tennessee, for their full selection of wax, singles, and you can even check out their some of their breaks live right there in the shop. Check them out at udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Hi, this is Scott Spezio, and you're listening to the Wax Packs Hero Sports Card Minute. 
We are here for another part of our Super Collector Series, and tonight we have Eric Mace, who is joining us. And Eric has a unique super collection of a player, and I want to I talk a little bit about this. It's somebody that I remember seeing in all kinds of my packs back in the 90s, and that is Von Hayes. So Eric has a super collection of Von Hayes, and we're going to get into all of that here. But first, I just want to say, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Eric, I, I mean, this is the main topic that we're going to talk about. We've had some super collections of people who had refs in the background. We've had other super collections of people who have different, different focuses of their collection. Your focus is Von Hayes. Tell me about where did that even start? I wish I had a really good explanation or pinpoint time in life, but I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania. And back then, obviously, the Phillies were it. Uh, some of their games were on pay channels back in those days, so I didn't get to see everything. But I, my dad is a lifelong Phillies fan, my grandfather, you know, the whole family run. So I grew up watching the Phils. And I don't know how or when it happened, but for some reason, I saw Von Hayes and thought, that guy is it. He's the cool dude. He's the guy I like. I want to imitate uh, to the point that, when I first went to play what we called Biddy League, which was kind of a seven, eight-year-old baseball, we, after T-ball, before Little League kind of deal, I went for my first practice, and uh, we're warming up. I'm throwing the ball around, and they give me a bat, and I, I pick it up, and I go to bat lefty, which to most people is a little odd. And they're like, no, 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 you're supposed to do it the other way. And I think my mom stepped in and said, no, that's how he bats. And it was all because Von Hayes bat left through right. And at 37 years old, I still can barely bat righty. I spent all through high school, Babe Ruth, Little League, some old man, uh, Sunday leagues, still batting lefty because of Von Hayes. That's great. So Von Hayes, for whatever reason, stuck out to you as a player. Now, when you were, when you were young at that age, were you already collecting his cards at that point? Yeah, I was lucky enough. I had an older brother. He's six years older than me. So uh, we're probably talking late eighties, early nineties is when it's starting. So I don't even know how exactly it happened, but I always had cards around from as long as I can remember, you know, if I wasn't, uh, if it was a Saturday afternoon, I was sitting around organizing cards, probably watching MTV at the you know, same time. And weirdly enough, both those things have guided my entire life one way or another, but yeah, always collecting cards. I didn't have a local card shop really per se in my town. But we had a farmer's market where there was a couple ongoing vendors who were always there. They quickly knew, even when I was like four or five years old, Von Hayes kid. So they would set set cards aside. They still do when I go back to visit. Uh, or if, you know, back in the rack pack days, Von Hayes was on the front, they'd put that aside. And, you know, they'd probably charge me a quarter, you know. It was always nice because by the time I got in, he was probably not as famous as he might have been in the mid-80s. Uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't a Ken Griffey or Mike Schmidt commanding high prices. So it was always easy for me to find his cards, collect his cards, and still do. So you were you were getting his cards even when you were young. But at what point did you decide that that was going to be like a super collection? It kind of just developed. Uh, I remember throughout junior high and high school looking in the back of Tough Stuff, and you'd find dealers in there. And you'd write them a letter, say, here's what I'm looking for. Can you help me finish my 
my checklist and I found a couple guys around the country who would help me find, you know, these commons and oddball regional cards of Von Hayes that I just never knew existed. I remember going to Cooperstown for the very first time when I was about, I guess, uh, 11, 12. Went into the card shops and in around the town. I remember seeing, uh, I think it was something like California sunflower seeds, some sort of food issue that had Von Hayes I'd never seen in my life. I grew up in Pennsylvania. So there was more out there than I knew about. And the internet wasn't available. So I was just writing these guys to find it. And that kind of started. Then I'm trying to find all the different ones. And then eBay happened. Uh, I started on eBay in 1999. So I was about 14. So I quickly realized, hey, I could just type Von Hayes in here and see what comes up. And that really just opened up the gates to find the rare, weird, interesting, old, lost items. What are some of those more interesting or more unique items? I know there's all of the main flagship ones or some of the food issue ones. What are some of the more unique ones that you found? Uh, uh, in, in terms of cards, everything from, you know, it, most of them aren't very rare. You know, there, there's things like the, the minor league stuff that was hard to find in the early, late 90s. But as I got older, it's pretty common to come by now. Uh, there's some test issues like 85 Tops. I was talking with someone today. It was 85 Tops Mini. I believe they think there might be 100 made of them. And there might be two different backs. So just having one of those, which I happen to get signed recently, is, is fun. So there's the good thing about Vaughn never being a superstar is there's not 100 new cards of him every single year with 20 different parallels to track down. So I've always kind of been thankful for that, which is, I think is probably also why I've stuck with it so long. Uh, he was in archives a couple of years ago. So there's a regular issue and a signature. There's some buybacks that come from Upper Deck uh, Leaf. I've tried to track down, got a couple 101s, nothing too, too wild. But the things that I probably enjoy the most are the things no one really goes looking for, just happens to find. Uh, I have a copy of an umpire's report from 1992 where he got thrown out of a game. I have a check reimbursing his all-star game expenses, I think for $250 from the National League. Uh, I have some game used bats, hats, you know, wristbands, the whole nine yards. So that stuff's fun. But yeah, it's things like that or finding a full box of 1986 Kraft macaroni and cheese with Von Hayes on the back of it. So those are the things that kind of give me a little bit more of a kick. It's rare that I find something I haven't seen before, but it does come up a couple times a year. I'll find maybe uh, like a 7-Eleven sign with his face on it. How many total items do you have of him now? It's got to be in the thousands because I was obsessive enough and I still do with the dealers. I know if they find 30 Von Hayes cards, sorting boxes, they put them aside. I buy them every time, no matter what, doesn't matter how many I have. I just pick them up whenever I see them. So I know I bought 300 of his 82 tops rookie one time on eBay for some reason I still have, but I assume somewhere in the couple thousand. Are there any particular ones that you don't have? Like, do you have a master checklist that you're knocking things off of that? And there's some that you're still trying to track down after all these years. I do, but I I haven't put too much effort in because I think I have most everything, all the basic cards I have. It's just the modern buyback reissues, uh, you know, or upper deck or leaf or tops even would do that rediscover tops in different colors. I buy them when I find them, but I don't, it just doesn't feel as special to me to track down that for some reason or another. 
but I, I still look for them. I still have a little list just in case I come across them. But now at this point in my life, it's about finding the unique items, you know, trying to find game used pieces and uh, just strange pieces of paper that might have some relation to his career, uh, like Tops contracts for a couple of years. Tops was uh, selling their extensions and, and signed agreements on eBay. So I fortunately picked up three, four of those, not all of them. I ended up missing one. I remember, but stuff like that. I love chasing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know um, in a collection that I bought last fall, it, there had, there was some unique and different memorabilia type items. And one of those was um, a Bobby Abreu signed check from Fleer Skybox. And, awesome. and I don't know if it was like something that they had received back after, you know, an autograph deal or whatever it was, but there was some kind of, of, of check from, from uh Fleer skybox that he had endorsed on the back. And now I've got possession of it. I'm not a big fan of his, but it was just such a cool and unique it's item unique, that, yeah. that is like, yeah, I got to hang on to this because this is not the type of stuff that you see every day. Yeah, I got turned on autographs uh, through the mail as a kid, too, as a teenage, well, kid, teenager, early teenager, finding those books of addresses. And that's one of those things that uh, signed checks was always a really big thing that people collected up until modern times. And now that doesn't really exist. You can't really get a copy of a canceled check anymore. I've tried from the banks I've used within the past 20 years, and most of them have gone away. So it's kind of interesting that way where it's one of those collectibles on whatever level, however desirable it is, that just isn't going to exist again. It's kind of like tickets also just disappearing. Yeah, there's, I, I was talking to somebody and they were talking about Mickey Mantle and how often he would write somebody a check. And half the time it was because he figured they would never cash it because they wanted to keep his <laughs> autograph on there. Um, but now with digital deposits and all of those types of yeah. things, if, if you do have somebody that even still writes checks, Yep. There's no reason that they wouldn't cash it because you can just take a picture of it and your bank will still deposit it. That's pretty cool. Um, I, if I understand correctly, you eventually got a chance to meet Vaughn? Yes, I've met him uh, twice. I've seen him in person a couple of times over the years. The first time uh, I grew up near Reading, Pennsylvania, it was about 45 minutes, probably from where I grew up. It's probably the first place I ever saw a professional game. It's a double A uh, Phillies affiliate. And in the late nineties, they had a, old timers home run derby with uh, a bunch of guys that were around in the eighties, nineties, one was Vaughn. So I finally got to meet him at 12 once he was already retired, but he was super nice. I was probably way too over the top as a 12 year old kid, like literally passed him my address, hoping it would become pen pals or something. It, it didn't happen. But uh, last year, the Philly show had Vaughn come in and they had, photo opportunities, you know, obviously autograph opportunities. So I signed up for the whole deal, got a couple of things signed and uh, got to meet him. And uh, walking up in line, they would do the uh, meet and greets first. So I was walking up in line, I get to him and he literally just says, hey, I'm Vaughn Hayes, what's your name? Puts his arm around me and starts talking like we're friends. And it was just awesome that He's just kind of a normal dude, which I think he is. I think he always kind of had that reputation for being someone who, you know, I don't know what it would be like today, but he was one of those prospects where he's the next Ted Williams, apparently in 1982. So there's a lot of pressure. He gets traded five for one, notoriously somewhat, but I would argue it was worth it. Uh, 
so he probably had a lot of pressure and he probably was a very focal point person for a while but at the end of the day he was just happy doing what he was doing he played 10 years in the big leagues and had a decent career that most people would love to have so it just seemed like he was a very normal guy at the end of the day and so i, I enjoyed getting to talk to him for a couple of minutes at least yeah that's awesome it's always good when you can connect and have a chance to to meet face to face with one of those people that have always been one of your kind of childhood icons and when they turn out to be somebody that you can uh, relate to a little bit and come and don't come across as like too big for everybody else. That's always yeah. a great ending to that type of story. So now you, you mentioned that you've got most of the normal kind of common releases and it's some of the more unique stuff that you're looking for, for if anybody out there happens to have any of this Von Hayes memorabilia or uh, Von Hayes, you know, collectibles, is there anything that's on your like, wish list that you've not been able to track down that that you just are dying to get your hands on anything game used or potentially interesting like i'll buy press photos once in a while they're not or or the the ones that would go to the newspaper and they would use the print in the paper back in the 70s and 80s and 90s uh, i'll get those occasionally if they pop up but i love game used things uh i've got eight bats so far six different models i'm sure there might be more out there i don't know I remember seeing somewhere in high school that someone had allegedly his all-star game bat. He only had one all-star game. So if that's still floating around somewhere, I'd love to find it. Uh, I do have a couple batting practice jerseys, which is a style I love. I don't know. I'm, I'm geeked out on the, the look of the 80s jerseys from the powder blues to the, the practice jerseys were solid maroon with white. So I have a couple of the practice jerseys. I'd love to find a powder blue. That I think is the most iconic Phillies jersey of my lifetime. Uh, so that's definitely a to-do. Of course, though, regular white and maroon pinstripe would be cool too. But a powder blue jersey is definitely number one on my list. Well, if, if anybody out there has come across any of that <laughs> stuff or you know where you might be able to find some of that stuff, reach out to me, reach out to Eric. I'll have all his contact info in the show notes. Let him know so he can track that stuff down. That, that's pretty awesome. Appreciate it. Now, this is, this is a pretty cool collection. I love these super collections of, of folks that aren't necessarily mainstream, big-time superstars. But that's not the only kind of challenging project that you've put together Talk to me a few minutes about this effort that you put together to track down an autographed set of 1989 tops. Again, it dates back to price guides. Uh, somewhere again in the late 90s, early 2000s, I guess it was there on the back cover of Beckett, I think it was, there was auction results showing you what crazy things have been sold and found. And I think similar for Mr. Mint selling off or had auctioned off signed complete sets from the 1950s and 60s, which I thought was just mind blowing. I can't imagine what something like that would be today and how much interest and value. Uh, and I thought, well, that's a pretty cool idea. I had the Jack Smalling handbook, which was a published book that would track players home addresses in the pre the pre internet days. Uh, and I thought, well, what's a set I could work on? that I could potentially do. Of course, it had to be something from uh, Von Hayes' era. And then guys who I definitely collected as a kid and people that I watched and knew something about, not that I 
could see every baseball game back in 1989. You didn't have that ability, but I collected all those cards a million times over. So I landed on 1989. That and probably that there wasn't a Ken Griffey card yet in that set, which as a 19-year-old, I thought there's no way I'm ever getting Griffey. So I'll go with that set. And at 19, I started sending out uh, through the mail to everyone that I could find results from using I was past that book by that point in time, but a website called sportscollectors.net that I still use. I believe it's like 15 or 20 bucks a year and everyone shares their uh, through the mail replies. So you can kind of get an idea of who's going to respond. And it just started chipping away like that. Uh, I spent a couple of years, it probably stalled a bit. I started going to college, got a little bit away from cards, but I never really kept with modern cards. If I did something, I was chasing vintage or stuff I could get signed through the mail. So I always kind of came back to it over and over and over. And then in the early 2000s, I started getting a little bit deeper into it. In the teens, I got out of school, grad school, and had a little bit more money, barely, that I could start kind of buying a couple on eBay every now and then. And as it got later into the past couple of years, all of a sudden that list is shrinking down and I'm down to like 10. Uh, I'm watching for signings here and there because some of them were always accessible, but it was just getting yourself to pay for it. Like I really needed any Eddie Murray autograph. Do I want to pay 80 to $90 for it? Not exactly, but come on, the set needs it at this point. So it was doing those until I can finally, finally get to the end, but it was fun. I shared it on Twitter on New Year's Eve this past year, and I've never had a bigger interaction in my life. I think SABR collectors, or I'm not sure what the sub account is, shared it. And I think I got hundreds of interactions. It was really, really wild. I I don't have any particular focus on my Twitter, but you know, talking about work-ish type things with music, and then baseball cards because that's most and racing these days but it was just awesome to see all these interactions with people saying hey did you get this player who was hard uh could i see this one did do you have a certified of this guy and it was just fun seeing all the interactions uh, unfortunately i was packing to move at that very time so i didn't have a lot of the slabbed autographs from the set but it was still fun going through people asking to see certain guys and go and taking the photos and sharing it and so as I understand, you're down to just needing one more to complete that set? That yeah, right? I thought I had it complete. Uh, someone pointed out rightfully that the Gary Carter League Leaders, that's the number three card, is most definitely probably fake. Okay. So I'm looking to replace that now. Uh, I've been watching eBay. Nothing has seemed to pop up quite yet. The regular card is always a little bit easier than the subsets. Uh, I did meet Gary Carter once, unfortunately. Everyone always has really great stories to tell about him. I didn't find the interaction that positive. Uh, it felt more like a transaction, sure. just meeting him at a ball game than than uh, than anything else. But I got some cards signed by a future Hall of Famer. Actually, I guess he was already a, probably a Hall of Famer at that point. And uh, I just didn't get that one signed because I thought I already had it. Of course, as I got older and I have a better eye for these things, I'm starting to pick up. And I'm sure there's probably a couple other that have slipped past me. You know, I don't claim to be perfect on that but a lot of the bigger players and tougher players i tried to buy slabbed uh there's just even in vintage these days i don't want to buy a mickey mantle unless it's slab because i'm just unless i know the person they've had that card for decades i'm afraid that fakes are just too too easy in all aspects of the business 
So I, I fortunately have like the Nolan Ryans and the Ricky Hendersons and those types, but one that I always thought would be more challenging, but I fortunately found kind of early on was Bo Diaz, who uh, unfortunately was killed in an accident in 1990. And so the, the time frame to sign that card was probably a year and a half. I just happened to find one in a lot, but it uh, sent it to PSA DNA and it worked out. So, Yeah, that's what makes those types of projects very challenging. I know people have, I've seen some people try to do the same thing with 86, which is the first year I collected. And that's why it kind of stood out on my radar and on through kind of that junk wax era. And it's becoming more and more challenging because some of those folks are are in that situation where they've passed away or are getting to that stage where they're no longer going to be able to sign anymore. If anybody out there has that Gary Carter signed league <laughs> leaders card, another one that we know where a good home can be found for that card. So so that's really I think cool. it may actually be record breakers now that I'm thinking of it. Oh, record but, breakers. Okay. Not yeah. league leaders. So it so record breakers, league leaders, one of those kind of subset cards. We we can confirm that later on um with with Eric. But if you think you might have one of those, uh, again, reach out because that we, we know where a good home might be. So Eric, that those are some pretty cool and pretty intense efforts, right? That 89 full autograph set. Von Hayes not necessarily one of the, the, the high popularity players. It's not always easy to find some of those more obscure cards of food issue cards of some of those players that, that aren't necessarily superstars, pretty challenging stuff. It sounds like you've got a lot of them. There's a few that you still may be interested in getting before we go today, make sure you, you share, where can people find you if they have something that you might be interested in? The best place probably to get me is like everyone else in the card world on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at erocmace, E-R-O-C-M-A-C-E. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want people to know before we go today? No, just collect what you enjoy. It's so much fun. Uh, past couple of years, I, I had some real down moments hit me in life and it kind of refound my love for collecting because it was an outlet. It was something fun to kind of get lost in. You know, you're working probably crazy hours. You've got family to take care of. And if you just get that little bit of time alone to focus on something as silly as looking at cardboard, it's just kind of rewarding and a place to get lost. I've, I've been fortunate now that my fiance recently got introduced to loving cardboard herself. So uh, just yesterday she had a kind of a not so good day and I've been sitting on some boxes of uh, the, the new Topps Chrome Formula One cards. So I, I kind of went down in the bedroom where she was laying watching TV with a box. I said, hey, open this. We're going to do something. So she opened it up and it was a box F1 Chrome. Like, let's rip it. And she's like, you know what? That did make me feel better. So that's, that's just awesome. try to enjoy it. Yeah, that's great when when cards can be a part of helping build relationships and and something that you guys can do together. That's that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat a little bit for the podcast. Like I said before, it's always interesting to me. It's one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing so far this year is having some conversations with folks who are building some really cool and unique collections. So thanks again for spending a few minutes and coming on. And thank you. And I have one more request. If anyone works at the Phillies and can get Vaughn Hayes on the wall of fame, I'd really appreciate it because I think he's well-deserving. There you that might, be, that might be my next quest. There you go. Well, thanks again, Eric. All right. Thank you.
like the athletes we admire. The sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave Game Room is the perfect place to throw a rip party, bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sportscardshop or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products, and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports, and the hobby around the world. Well, if you ask me, putting together one of these complete sets of autograph cards is one of the most challenging things a collector can do in this hobby. And so I applaud Eric for his accomplishment with the 89 Tops autograph set and the hearing about his his super collection of Von Hayes cards was also pretty cool. So thanks again to Eric for coming on the show. You can get all of his contact information again in the show notes if you missed it when he when he shared that a few minutes ago. Well, that is all I've got for you today. Let me know what you think about the show. Reach out to me on Twitter at the Mike Summers. Send me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. If, if you've got any questions about hobby topics that have been on your mind, I'd love to be able to answer them. So send me an email, send me a direct message. I'd love to have that conversation. 